Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today in the podcast, I talk to Amanda Sevilla. Amanda is a plant-based dietitian, Dharma spiritual life coach, and yoga teacher based in Southern California. Her work encompasses an integrative mix of mindfulness, plant-based nutrition, intuitive eating, life purpose coaching, energy healing, breathwork, and yoga. Her experience in chronic disease management at the clinical level, teaching yoga, hosting health workshops, and sharing her work and passion on social media has strengthened her passion for whole person healing. This conversation was amazing. Here we go. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? By now, you all know that therapy is an important part of my own self-care. It has truly been a game changer in every aspect of my life, including achieving goals. BetterHelp is the largest online therapy platform worldwide. They are changing the way people get help with facing life's challenges by providing convenient, discreet, and affordable access to a licensed therapist. BetterHelp makes professional therapy available anytime, anywhere, through a computer, tablet, or smartphone. You can start communicating within 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional therapy done securely online. And I have a special offer for Consciously Clueless listeners. Visit BetterHelp.com Carly and join the over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. By using this code, you get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash C-A-R-L-Y. Take care of yourself today. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this podcast. Oh, I appreciate that. I like that. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast. You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. It's an honor. Yeah, absolutely. So the podcast is called Consciously Clueless. And that's from this idea of realizing that we're always on this journey, right, of being like, I've arrived, I get it. Oh my gosh, I've like reached this next level. And then the next day you're like, just kidding, I know nothing. Uh, And kind of exploring all of it. So I like to start by asking guests just like, How do you feel right now, this second, on the spectrum from clueless to conscious? I feel like, since we're talking about feeling, I feel pretty conscious. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm definitely not clueless because I understand, but I'm conscious in the way that I know that there are things that I don't know. Like, Mm. I'm consciously aware of the fact that there is still a void um, in my mind and in my like knowledge backpack that it, like, it, I don't think it's ever going to be full, but yeah. at the same time, I'm way further than clueless because I can keep an open mind to like, okay, like you said, tomorrow it's going to feel like I might learn something and be like, well, I was today years old when, and yeah. <laughs> I, it's just accepting that that is going to happen is what has helped me continue on and like, not be so hard about myself. I feel like in the path of awakening. And I don't mean spiritually. I mean, although spiritual Mm -hmm. can come into the sense, but in the path of awakening, like, Oh, like where does our trash go? Like, Mm. you know, Mm. how do they filter that? Like where, like when we flush, how does that get to where we're supposed to like, just asking myself those questions has been so interesting, but it's been really nice to just continue to be curious because that just feeding 
it keeps feeding into that consciousness. So I think that on the spectrum, I'm conscious, but I'm not going to say like, I know everything, but I'm just aware. (laughs) Yeah, no, I love that. The word curiosity has come up a lot recently with people's answers to that questions. Um, So I just love that idea of like, the curiosity is like the middle point, almost, Mm -hmm. it feels like between the two. I agree. I agree. I love that. So we got connected through Brooke and so thankful for that. And I have, I feel like a little inside baseball from her, which is probably not inside baseball. It's probably things you've talked about, but she was like, you should talk to my friend, um, Amanda. She's amazing. She was on a medical route. She was going to like be a registered dietitian or I am. I was going to go to medical school. Gonna go to medical school. Okay. I was like, there was something that was going to happen and then didn't. And then Mm -hmm. she was like, and then she didn't. And she just followed her dreams instead. (laughs) Like, that's what I got from her. So she says it right. (laughs) Yeah, that that was like her. That was her pitch of you. So tell me about that journey. I feel like there's a lot to unpack in that sentence. Oh man. Yeah. There's so much. And it's the way that I've told this story could literally be told in like two minutes or it can be told in like an hour. So I'm going to give you, I don't (laughs) know. Something in between. (laughs) I'll give you something in between something like, you know, digestible. So Brooke and I actually met because both of us are in this social media space and we're Mm -hmm. both very much into nutrition Um, of course, plant-based nutrition and like, you know, knowing your macros and macros and blah, blah, blah. But I think both of us have this similarity of understanding, like, it's not just food, it's our relationship to food. And it's not just our Mm -hmm. relationship to food. It's a relationship that we have with our bodies. And this is something that I have been learning about and really diving into in like the past five, six years, like since I went vegan, um, And so that plays a really big role in my switch. So now going backwards from there, Mm -hmm. I got into wanting to be a dietitian from a space of not even wanting to be a dietitian, to be honest with you. I've always wanted (laughs) to go to med school since I was like a kid. I went to medical missions with my dad and he he is a pharmaceutical representative. Um, Mm. He doesn't go by that anymore because apparently it has like, doctor doctor it just has like a slimy vibe to it when it comes okay. to doctor's offices but basically what he does is he represents a specific pharmaceutical company he's friends with doctors and so i've just always been exposed to the medical field he took me on these like medical missions just to help out like underserved populations in mm-hmm. Tecate, Mexico which is like right across the border we literally just like walk across with his friends and oh. that was like my first taste of really the only difference between the people that were helping and the physicians here, the nurses, the PAs, therapists, whatever, is just like knowledge. And, and how old were you? Oh, I was, I was like six, seven, eight. Oh, wow. What a cool experience as a young person. Yeah. I was like, why am I going here? Like, I just want to play with my dolls, (laughs) but my dad, like he forced me to go. And so like, I literally went through my tears, but it it ended up being a great experience. So shout out to him for knowing what's best. And it was through those experiences that I realized that these people just need a little bit more knowledge. They just need to like Mm. learn about life and food and their bodies. And this is what doctors provide. Like, yes, there are medications, but that was my, really my introduction to wanting to help people out with like healing their bodies. Mm -hmm. And that kind of just carried through, um, 
middle school and high school and I applied to colleges. The one that I even got into was like a coordinated um, like BS and DO program. So doctor of osteopathic medicine. So if I had started that program within seven years, I would have been like a full fledged, full fledged, fully fledged physician. Say that 10 times fast. (laughs) Like, um, no, I will not, but you know, (laughs) I I already tried it in my head and I was like, I'm just going to stick with what I have. So I wanted to be a physician from there. And when I was going through school, I just kept getting hit with like, Ooh, this doesn't feel good. Ooh, this doesn't Mm. feel right. Like, and, and it came with little bits of logic. Like I want to take my time and not do this like whole undergrad plus med school thing rushed. So I'm going to do a traditional path and I'm just going to do like four years at a university, graduate, apply to med schools, and then go from there instead of like a straight path. Um, And then another hit for me that was really big was a plant-based diet. And it didn't really push me off a path per se, but it did add a little bit more backing to what I wanted to do. So I learned about veganism Mm -hmm. because I was like trying out different diets And I saw this girl on YouTube and she was like eating so many fruits. And she was like, this is just like a great way to live. And I was like, there's no way you can eat 30 days, like 30 bananas and like be healthy. And (laughs) at that time I was coming from a background of like not eating enough carbs. And I was already kind of like brain foggy. Right. So I was like, I'm just going to try it to prove you guys wrong. Like there's no way vegan Mm. can be healthy. And like, I'm from a Filipino background. My parents are immigrants. Like I just grew up with meat and rice. Like that's all I knew. All my friends did it. And so it's like, vegetarians are kind of weird. Like that's Mm -hmm. not healthy, but I tried it anyway, because I had a lot of pride and that knocks me off because after one week I was like, oh man, I feel so good physically. I have so much energy. Like I started learning more about it. I watched all the documentaries, right? Like forks over knives, cowspiracy, earthlings. Um, and it just, I couldn't go back. I was like, oh, I think I have to be vegan because I do not want to participate in this anymore. <laughs> oh shit, I'm too far in. <laughs> I'm too far in. I'm like in this rabbit hole and now everybody's going to know. And even if they don't, like I'll know. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And a bigger part of that for me too was seeing how a plant-based diet can really help people heal their bodies from certain diseases yeah. that I grew up watching like my aunts and uncles, they like popped pills. They like had their metformin for diabetes and they had their, they always talked about how they couldn't eat fried foods because it was like not good for their heart. And I was like, Oh, I guess this is just the thing that happens to us when we get older. Mm. But then I learned about dietary changes and that it actually is not only preventable and can like halt the disease, but it can actually reverse diseases in, in a lot of cases. And I was really inspired by nutrition and I just wanted to be a doctor who could talk about that um, to their patients. Cause I'm like, that's, that's the real medicine. Like, yeah, it's magic. It's fucking magic. And so we were just like on this path and I couldn't like, I couldn't see myself as a dietitian, but I wanted to learn more about nutrition. At the same time, I was across the country because I'm in California. My family is all out here. I was in Boston and I was like getting FOMO. Everybody was getting married, having kids. And I was also really cold. Like nobody prepared me for this weather change. And I was never in Boston long enough (laughs) to see the beautiful summer and spring, you know, like I would leave to go back to California when apparently it was really beautiful in Boston. So 
I decided to transfer back to a program closer to my home and that was Loma Linda University. And I went through that program. Right. It's great. And I like, it just ended up being so divine that it was a vegetarian, like seventh day Adventist. So when I got there, veganism wasn't a weird thing. Like some of my professors who were like PhDs in nutrition science were also vegan. And I was like, oh, that's super cool. They knew like doctors. So cool. They knew Dr. Greger, like Dr. Joel Kahn came and like talks. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. I love it here. And also the program that I was in was coordinated. So I had everything that I needed to be a dietitian as soon as I graduated because the internship hours were weaved within the program. Mm. So like I graduated and I was like, well, I'm, I'm this far. I might as well just take the RD exam. Like if I'm going to be a dietitian, uh, like if I'm going to major in nutrition so that I could talk about it with my like future patients as a physician, I think it would make sense for me to like just be a dietitian since I have all the credits. I don't have to work as hard. So then I started working in the clinical field, like in a hospital. And I loved seeing all of the patients. I loved seeing like the end stage. Like, of course I didn't love seeing people suffer, but I felt more connected to my, my mission and my purpose from there. And then after a couple of years of getting clinical experience, taking my prerequisites so I can go to medical school, like apply for it. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't major, I think I skipped this, but I didn't major in biology or chemistry because I just like, didn't feel connected to it, but I really, really loved nutrition. And so that's why I decided to take that major. And then it was a coordinated program. So I had to take like the organic chemistry classes and like some microbiology classes. I know it was hard. And like, I did it during the pandemic too. So that was even harder and physics, like the two hardest classes I had to take during the pandemic. So I was really zoned in. Making me sweat thinking about it. Girl, same. I like barely, I kind of tuck it away and I only bring it that memory back up for like conversations like this. Good trauma response. Right, right. So then, you know, I was going through it. I started studying for the MCAT. And in that, I had to like stop working at the hospital because I needed to focus on studying for the MCAT. And the long story short about the MCAT is that I like my body started rejecting it. Like I started breaking out in rashes and hives, and my skin was like the eczema was getting so bad. Like, I've been living in Southern California for 25 years and like my skin has never broken out like this. And it was around the same time that I started to question like, what, like, is this the kind of stress that I want to have in my life? Do I even like want to do this? Like, you know, where, like, is it the status? What is it that I'm kind of searching for? I know that I have a mission, but I'm starting to feel less and less connected to wanting to be in that clinical space. Mm -hmm. I also was working as a yoga teacher when I graduated from my program in Loma Linda as a gift to myself. I decided to do a yoga teacher training in India and I've been practicing yoga since I was younger. Like my sister was into it and she just taught me a few poses, took me with her to the studio. And so like throughout college, I would just like go to yoga classes or I just do someone from YouTube and they were great. And, um, I decided like, Oh, I just want to go. I don't think I want to be a teacher, but I want to learn about it. And in the yoga teacher training, there is a module about like all yoga teacher training should have this, but there was like a section about Ayurveda because Ayurveda, which is the world's oldest healing system and the sister science of yoga is a sister science of yoga. So we had to learn about it. And the doctor at the school was talking about it, just giving like basic principle introduction to it. Yeah. And I was like, man, this is so interesting. This is like literally medicine, but magical 
but I'm on this path. I got to go to med school first and I have to like be official. And then maybe then I'll have the credentials to start talking about things that are a little less tangible for the Western world. Like that was my logic, but I'd never said it out loud at that point. I was just like, I'll study that after. And everyone around me was just like, oh yeah, good for you. Like be a doctor first. Cool. But in my head, I was just like, it's honestly because I think I need people to listen to me and I need to have some Mm. credentials. Right. So it was a lot of like self-worth going on in there, but as I was going through the MCAT um, and studying, you know, the Ayurveda started coming up more and more. I was invited to teach a workshop to the yoga studio. The owners knew that I was a dietitian. They knew a person who was studying Ayurveda um, and she led other workshops like belly dancing workshops there as well. And they were like, you guys should team up and teach an Ayurvedic like nutrition class um, because the, the owners are also vegan. They would love that for their studio. And so cool. she and I met up, I, I met her and like in preparing that workshop and presentation, I feel like I didn't offer that much knowledge. Like it was all her. And I just have a really good knack for learning things on the spot and like teaching it. Cause that's how I learn. I like learn by teaching. Mm-hmm. And so if I look at the whole presentation, like all of it was just Ayurvedic knowledge. I didn't even know where Western nutrition could come in. And that got me thinking even more. And so as I was going through, like, my body doesn't like this. I feel like I'm more stressed out than ever. I'm like asking myself, is this the work-life balance that I want? Mm-hmm. Ayurveda kept coming in as I was meditating and as I was asking myself and journaling. And so there came a point in 2021. So this was just last year that I realized I couldn't do this by myself because my brain was literally, it wasn't my enemy, but it was just such a hard place to live in because I was constantly questioning myself. And I felt like an imposter because I'm doing this thing, but I no longer feel connected to it, but I'm scared to switch paths. So I started working with a transformational life coach and she really helped me learn more about myself. And the question that I presented to her that I wanted to work on it it was originally like, I don't know if I should choose Ayurveda or medical school right now. And like, right. it's killing me. What it really was, was I don't know how to navigate choosing Ayurveda and like, you know, feeling the reactions, you know, I, I want to choose this, but I don't know how, I don't know how to accept it. I don't know how to deal with the people who might not accept that. Again, immigrant parents were so excited for me to be a physician. Mm -hmm. They had a lot of hopes for me, lots of dreams. They were like talking me up to everybody they knew. And like my dad- A lot of pressure on you. Yes, exactly. And they were already so proud of me and my projected path. And not to mention, like I told you before, I was on the social media space. So obviously I was sharing everything I was doing and people were like, yeah, we're so excited to have like a holistic physician in this space. And I was just like, it's just no longer it for me. And I don't know how to navigate that. And so when, with working with her, it just, you know, it was a lot of inner child stuff. It was a lot of like confidence stuff that I was able to work through. And I realized that even in my own counseling, you know, the questions she asked me were very similar in format to the way that I would ask my own patients. And I love holding space and having conversation with people. And so I started to explore, okay. I decided I wanted to learn Ayurveda, which also means that I might as well just dive into all the things I'm curious about. Right. So I got my Reiki certificate. Um, so now I'm a Reiki one and two practitioner, which I, I don't actively take on Reiki clients. It's just like something for myself and like that I use in my coaching. 
And also I decided to like learn more about coaching. I was looking for a coaching program, but one that incorporated a little bit more spirituality. And I found a coaching program called the Dharma Coaching Institute. And it's basically like soul purpose coaching. And I found that it fit really well into like my mission of helping people like heal their relationship with food as a dietitian um, into intuitive eating. I found like, if there's no big why people really just don't do it. You know, it's like, why should I heal my relationship with food? Why should I like heal my physical body if there's nothing else for me to do after that? And I've personally felt that as well when I was recovering from my own eating disorder. Like it wasn't until I found veganism that like everything closed up for me. And I was like, oh, now I have a passion that I want to live for and like be a better person for. So now that is what I'm doing. So right now I'm studying Ayurveda. And I'm also um, working on my coaching business. I have a, a couple of clients. I'm like literally so new at this, but it feels like something that I've been doing for a very long time. And that is the path that I made. It was just like a lot of curiosity, mm-hmm. question asking, and really going deep and seeing like, what is it in my life and how is my body feeling? And what are the things that are holding me back from doing what I want to do? So Hopefully that wasn't a whole hour, but I think that gives you the good full picture. No, it was not. It was not too long at all. I feel like it um, gave me like 50 more questions that popped into my head about things. I'm like, yes, okay, yes. And following up, I also feel very um, connected to the place that you're describing you're at right now and just like figuring that out. I quit my full-time job a few months ago to fully dive into being like a conscious living coach, help people with veganism and sustainability and just like living a more connected life to be more connected. Uh, not that wasn't my greatest elevator speech, but, (laughs) (laughs) um, and then I was just like, like your path. I was like, yep, I did this, this coaching. And then I was like, yep, I'm going to get my 200 yoga hour teacher training. And then I got my Reiki one and two. And uh, yeah, I was just like, as you were speaking, I was like, oh my God, same. Oh my God, same. Like trying to figure out and put it all together until it, like all the pieces were there. So um, I totally relate to that. But some some things that came up when you were describing all that, um, I'm really curious first to hear, since the question ended up being how, basically, how will this be received? How will my decision be received? How was it received? How it was received. I actually lightened the blow a little bit because in trying to make the transition away from going to med school, I started interviewing a lot of people who were either physicians or they had family members who were physicians, most especially like children of physicians, because I am, I'm in my mid twenties, I'm going to get married next year. And like, we definitely talk about kids a lot. And I, you know, there's always the assumption that we can do anything but at the same time, like at what cost? So yeah, mm-hmm. I just asked my friends who had like physician parents, what their childhood was like and how they had their relationship with their parents. This podcast is supported by Who Gives a Crap. Who Gives a Crap is an eco-friendly toilet paper company that donates 50% of its profits to help ensure everyone has access to clean water and a toilet within our lifetime. 
Who Gives a Crap has donated almost 8 million U.S. dollars to nonprofit organizations who help provide clean water and toilets all over the world. Who Gives a Crap is delivered straight to your door with carbon neutral delivery. I love that it comes that way. I don't have to think about it. It's an automatic subscription, and I want you to try it. You can check out Who Gives a Crap and get $10 off your first order over $54 with the code CARLY10. That's C-A-R-L-Y 10, or check out the link in the show notes. This podcast is sponsored by TerraSeed. TerraSeed is on a mission to disrupt the vitamin industry, empower vegans, and reduce plastic waste in the world. They put everything plant-based people struggle to get in an all-inclusive, vegan, compostable package multivitamin that replenishes them and our planet every single day. Seriously, y'all, win win, win. Even if you're not vegan, this vitamin will help you get those key nutrients that you need. I am so excited to share a discount code for your first purchase. Use code CARLY50 at checkout to get 50% off. Again, that's C-A-R-L-Y-5-0 for 50% off your first purchase at terraseed.com. Don't forget this code so they know I sent you. Okay, so you interviewed a bunch of physicians and their kids to see, like, what was that work-life balance like? And I didn't like it. And so... <laughs> I was like, I feel like we haven't gotten to this part yet, but I imagine it wasn't It wasn't great. great. I didn't like the responses. And they were all just like, I mean, if you really like the work, there's no other way you can get around it. You just got to do it. Um, mm. But it's not for the faint of heart. And I was like, I feel like I'm getting faint of heart. <laughs> I feel like I'm not like strong enough for this. I, yeah. and you know, like I'm to toot my own horn. Like I'm pretty good at school and I'm pretty good at talking mm-hmm. to people and remembering things and like skills and all, like, I knew that I could do a good job, but just because I could do something doesn't mean that I should. And I started looking at different avenues of like, can I find a balance between this of like being able to be yeah. like a healthcare provider with autonomy and who can actually help patients directly, but also not like break my back and like have a good life balance. And I came across the physician assistant career. I like binged as many pieces of media as possible on becoming a mm. physician assistant. I even applied to PA schools and I got interviews oh, wow. to some um, instead of so like I'd stopped At that point, I was like, I'm going to go to PA school. So I stopped studying for the MCAT. And like, as I was going through the PA um, application process, like my skin started to clear up. So I was like, okay, this is crazy. This is weird. Like I just had like rough eczema on places on my face and my body that I've never seen before. And I take good care of my skin. Like Mm -hmm. I've even seen dermatologists and they're like, oh no, it's just like dry weather out here. And I'm like, it, I don't know. It, uh, this has never happened. It's not though. It's really not right. It's like, it felt like a physical manifestation and it was just odd to me that it was clearing up as soon as I said, I don't want to study for the MCAT. So again, like I was applying to PA schools and I got a few interviews, like I said, but I also did get a few schools that kind of pushed back on me and they were like, well, your credits aren't like, they're not valid. Like this class won't work. Like Mm. we're not going to be able to bring you in for an interview. And like, usually if I'm really into 
a specific purpose, like a path. And I'm really, really gung ho about it. Like that wouldn't phase me. And I would just keep trying, even if I had to do another cycle, but the reaction that I felt in my body when I got those emails were just like, Ooh, maybe this isn't for me. It's kind of like my soul was looking for a reason to not do it because it knew that I was into something else. But beyond that, when I had made that decision to go to PA school, um, I was breaking the news to my parents and my mom was just like, why don't you just be a nurse then if you don't want to be a doctor? Like, what's the point of being a PA? Mm. So it was kind of like that. And my dad was like, he and I had like a three hour long discussion. And he basically just said, I know what you're capable of. And you could create so much change and influence on the world if you became a physician and we could support you and you could totally do it. Like he was just not accepting that I did not want to do this thing anymore. And it was a little sad for me. And I definitely did cry for both of those conversations because it's just like, man, yeah, this is not, you know, what you wanted from me. And now I feel like I disappointed you, but at the same time I was working with, um, the coach, like the life coach and Mm -hmm. working with her and like having those hard conversations was so supportive. It was so helpful because I realized, and she helped me realize this, that like, you know, their reactions are their responsibility. Like you told them a neutral thing about your life. And if they don't like that, like, that's not your problem. That's their problem to put out. Those are their expectations that they need to get a grip on. It's not your problem at this point they're not paying for the way you live. They're not paying for your food or your school. They're not paying for anything. They're no longer supporting you except for like, like emotionally at this point and like maybe financially for school if I need it. I imagine that conversation with your parents. It's so hard because you're forced to explain why you can still make a difference in this different way. Mm-hmm. And then it makes, and then it makes you question it because you're having to like defend it. Right. Right. And so it was just a lot of like projecting that they put on me. Um, are you familiar with human design and or astrology? Mm-hmm. So my dad is, he's a Leo sun projector. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. And like a Capricorn moon. And I'm like, okay, I just, Yeah. <laughs> That's a lot of intensity. Right. Right. He's a very intense man and he has a lot of great ideas, but at the same Mm -hmm. time, they're not, they're, they're his ideas. They don't have to be mine. And I've just like always been like growing up, I'm the youngest of like four kids. So I've always been daddy's girl. And that conversation with him was the absolute hardest, but that kind of eased up my next steps because eventually I decided like, okay, I don't want to be a physician assistant. I actually want to, you know, I could die at any time. I would rather be exploring and learning something that interests me. And I wanted to learn medicine that felt like magic, which was Ayurveda to me. Yeah. And And so I actually didn't tell them when I decided to do it. It just kind of comes up in conversation where they're just like, oh, well, are you like, how's PA school applications? And I'm like, oh, well, like, I'm just going to, I'm studying Ayurveda right now. I'm just like not doing that right now. And it just like, it, it became less of a, an announcement and more of a conversational mm. piece. But by then I've already done so much work inside that any reaction that they wanted to have with me was fine. Like. I just had to see and understand like 
there's a little part of you, like as a little child, like I'm looking at my parents and just thinking about this, like there's a little child in there who's just like, you didn't get what you wanted. And I'm sorry that that's the way it is. And we could either not talk about it or like, I can just like hold you in this space, or I can just help you out in navigating these emotions that you're having to like, as a reaction to something that's just out of your control at this point. And I just yeah, found it so much easier in doing the work for myself. Like I found it so much easier to have conversations with them, even if what they had to say to me wasn't nice or wasn't helpful or supportive. It was just like, you had such a different upbringing. You didn't have all the choices that I yes. had. Like they literally yes. came here. My mom was pregnant. They were in their early twenties. They had like one aunt out here in wow. in California. Um, and I like grew up in the same city that I'm in right now. Like my parents helped me pay for college. I have a degree. It, I'm just so much more privileged and I have right. all these things that did, they just didn't have. And I'm so grateful for that. At the same time, I don't owe them anything. And that might sound harsh. And like some of your listeners might not understand that, but I have a feeling that you yeah. get it. Like as, yeah. As a child, like I don't, and as children of parents, like we don't owe our parents anything. They decided to bring us into this world, Mm -hmm. you know, and like we can be kind, we should be kind to people, but at the same time, we shouldn't feel obligated to do something for them because it's like, oh, I feel guilty that I exist. I found that in the inner work that I've done, like what I need to do for people is just show up as my best self in whatever capacity. And again, if they don't like it, if they receive it like harshly, that's not my responsibility. And it's better for me, for everybody to just let it slide than to hold on to it and try to pick up the pieces for every single person who has that negative reaction. And so right. I'm going to your question. Mm-hmm. Once I realized that I could navigate this reaction with my parents, like it was just so much easier for everyone else because nobody right. is as difficult to deal with than your immediate family. And my siblings are always right. supportive of me. They're, you know, they, they have their own lives. They're adults. They're just like, yeah, do what you want to do. Be happy, whatever. Like we know you could be a doctor, but you could also be anything you want to be. So that felt really nice. Right. And then my extended family, um, again, so much easier because I could speak to my parents about it and I could accept their reactions. So I've gotten reactions from my extended family, kind of like, so you're not going to be doctor anymore. Oh, like they were sad about it. And I'm like, okay, yeah, yeah. It's kind of sad. Like, I'm sorry you're going through that. Um, but this is really exciting for me. And I also have a social media platform and a lot of my family members follow me on there. And so they kind of knew it was happening probably before my parents knew it was happening. So in that case, it was just easy for me to communicate that with them. And having a social media platform and family and friends watching you is a really interesting dynamic because they know everything about your life. And like, you, you don't have to say a word. I prefer that to be honest. It's like, okay, cool. You guys know that I'm doing this. I don't have to explain. You get why I like it. Cool. You saw it. Awesome. Yeah. I don't need to have that con like that small talk conversation with you. So that was a big picture on how it was received. But I think the biggest component was how am I going to react to the way they react? Right. Absolutely. What an important shift and what a cool shift that you're making as you're going into 
this field, right? Like that just feels exactly like what you will be assisting others in doing Mm -hmm. is making those like big, like cosmic shifts in how we view the world and how we view ourselves in it. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. And this is like, I woke up to that and I realized I had gone through this. I mean, I feel like I went through it pretty gracefully and like learning about it and Mm -hmm. being open. And I just wanted now I just want to hold the space for other people to do that as well. I felt really lucky because I had connections to somebody who is a coach who offered this. And I was kind of curious, like, I wonder if this could help me and it did. And so now I just want to be able to provide that for other people, because if I'm going through this, I'm like, I'm sure so many other people are, and they have been. Right. Absolutely. So the, the Institute where you're doing your training, is that the one that Sahara Rose? Mm Mm-hmm. Is that okay? I sounded familiar. I followed her for a really long time, mm-hmm. um, ever since doing my yoga teacher training and getting like interested in Ayurveda, but not like pursuing anything else in it. Mm-hmm. I've just been following her for a long time, and I looked at that when that I was just like, that sounds so cool. So I'm so interested to see as you go through that journey of that uh, that coaching process. I bet it's amazing. It it was amazing. So I graduated a couple, well, I think I graduated in May. That was the end of it. And it's oh, you're done. Year. Okay. I misunderstood. You're yes, done. I finished. I finished. Like it was okay. a really fast process. Like I decided I didn't want to be a doctor. I did my Reiki training. I was open to coaching. I wanted to be a coach. Uh, one of my friends went through DCI Dharma coaching Institute and I asked her questions about it. And I was like, hell yes, this sounds so much like me. And I could add this, this to it. my repertoire. And I went through it and I was like, okay, I could see how this wouldn't be everyone's cup of tea, but this is so my cup of tea. And like, there are hundreds of people in here who want to do the same thing. So I just assume that there are plenty of other people interested in like spiritual life coaching and soul purpose coaching. I really love that throughout your story, like something at least I'm noticing is that it feels like a lot of it was trusting yourself. Like yeah. a lot of making the decisions you made, like those are, those are big things. And of course, doing that inner work is, sounds like it's a huge, it was a huge part of that, but like a lot of it, I think sometimes comes down to, and it sounds so simple almost. It sounds like too simple. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like I'm being like kind of flippant, but it really is just like, oh, that gut feeling that made me stop in my tracks and said, something's not right here. Like there's a reason it's there. Mm -hmm. I should probably listen to that, but we don't get taught to listen to that. Mm -hmm. Totally. Yeah. And I'm like, super, uh, not projector, super generator. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that gut feeling, I didn't realize it that it is the way that I make my decisions um, until I learn more about human design. And I feel like that that's just another tool that I'd love to use to help people understand how to start trusting themselves because there are different ways that we trust ourselves. Some of us, it's in our hearts. Some of us, it's like with our emotions, with our gut feeling, but it's always like somewhere in the body. And this is something that I learned too, when I was going through my coaching with the transformational life coach, a big thing that we worked on was that trust, trusting my own decisions, having inner clarity, trusting what I wanted to do, trusting that no matter what choice I made, like there are no wrong choices. It's just supposed to happen that way. And it is really interesting because right now I'm being reminded of a conversation I had with a physician when I was a nutrition student in Loma Linda. Um, I looked, I met her at the gym And she just told me a little bit more about herself. And then a year later, um, 
I got her husband as my physiology teacher, um, exercise physiology teacher. And he talked about his wife and I was like, wait, I think I met her before. And she gave me her, her email. So I reached out to her again and I was like, I'm on this path. I want to be a physician. I just like want to ask you questions. She was also vegan, like working in lifestyle medicine. She just like ultimate goals for people like me at that time. Um, and so I reached out to her and we just like had a cute conversation in her office and she kept emphasizing, like at the same time though, like my life was just a series of faith and like seeing one stone in front of me at a time and stepping on it and then Mm. waiting and seeing another stone and like waiting. And she was like, I had all these plans, but I tried so many things and I just ended up here anyway. Like I didn't plan on being here. And she, one thing she recommended to me was like, just, I mean, keep an open mind. Like you never know what's going to change. Not that you can't be on this path. And it's not that this path is wrong for you. It's just that you never know. And I feel like that's a big component of how my life has unfolded so far. Like I would have never in a million years thought that I would be sitting here doing a podcast, talking about how I'm a spiritual life coach. Like what? (laughs) Like 15 year old me would be like, okay, like let's, click to the next channel, but I'm here and it just feels yes. so right. And I would have never known had I not just blindly trusted. Yes. Oh my gosh. I relate to that so much. I just joked to a friend the other day. I mean, it's like half a joke, but like, not really. Cause I was like, if you would have told me 10 years ago, so I'm 30. So like, if you would have told me 10, 12 years ago that I was going to live in a tiny home back in my hometown, running a coaching business, teaching yoga in school, I would have been like, am I okay? <laughs> like, what happened? To what, you? happened? <laughs> what happened? Who hurt you? Yeah, what, ha- <laughs> what happened to the path? Um, but I like, can't imagine doing anything else at this moment. Right. Um, so it's so interesting how that happens. I'm curious too. So Reiki and this kind of like, soul purpose and Ayurveda and how do you see that coming into a coaching business like what maybe you don't know yet maybe that's too that's too far in the future but like to me I'm like oh all these things are so beautiful I'm interested to see how like your perspective how you synthesize them right they all seem like ingredients in a pantry and like in a fridge that you know Mm. like go really well together but you're like but what dish do I want to make with it? But like, what do I make? Yeah. Like I know that these are all good, like basil, Roma tomatoes, like pasta, mm-hmm. some pesto, but like, there's also bread here. Like, you know, there's already like, there's yeah. so many ingredients yeah. that we can use and so many different dishes that we can make. So right now I feel like what I'm creating is kind of just like me, like I'm mm. the brand, I am the service And of course there's the coaching. Um, And if people want to talk about nutrition, we can add that on. If they don't, we don't have to talk about it. If people Mm -hmm. want to talk about Ayurveda in the future, because I'm still studying it right now, like we could talk about Mm -hmm. it. I could implement it, but we don't have to. Um, If they want to talk about veganism, we can, but we don't have to. Ultimately, I just want to continue on this path of really enjoying the discovery of things that I like to do, the things that like my soul is like magnetized towards and present my offering as just my whole self, my presence, my time, my attention. And that's kind of how I've always been. It's like, I can't give you like a solid 
like one specific offering, but what I can do is talk to you and you tell me what you're looking for. And I can tell you like that fits or that doesn't fit. And that's just been how I've been able to work with my clients so far. Like we talk about different things, but at the end of the day, I'm drawing on my experiences, on my own passions, on the knowledge that I've attained so far from the things that I've studied and putting it into a way that's like specifically designed for that person. And that's, that's like what astrology is and that's what Ayurveda is. And that's what like yoga is too, right? Like everything is so individual, somebody might have a wrist cramp. Somebody might have like something going on with their knee. And so you have to like use your knowledge and your experience and also your own empathy to figure out, okay, how do I best serve this person and use my skills, kind of use everything that I know as just like a vessel to bring them to a place of more love and to give them more service. Cause that's ultimately what it is, right? We just want to serve others and we want to love others and we want to share that love through our service. And we want to serve other people through love. It's like, sounds so corny when I say it, but like this, like you understand this because you're nodding and all my friends. I know, I'm like, I like can't stop <laughs> nodding my head. I'm like, I forget. I'm like, yep. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. Yeah. And like a lot of my friends, like we get it. It sounds corny, but like ultimately if you chalk it down, it's just love and service. And that's how I want to give to others. So whatever it is that I have that I can offer, I want to give. And I know that there is like, there's value in niching and having a specific offering. Right. But at the same time, I just love having conversations with people. I love asking them questions. I love making them think, and I love holding space and helping them understand that they're not alone. And like literally everything that they want and that they need to be the person that they want to be is within them or they have the connection to get there. Yes. Oh, that's so beautiful. So I'm looking at time and hopefully listeners didn't notice too much, but we have a few technical difficulties <laughs> with this uh, Zoom today. So I'm wondering if you'd be interested in doing a part two, because oh, I feel absolutely. like we just like scratched the surface and we didn't even get into like the nutrition and the veganism and like the Ayurveda and all that stuff, like really. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would love to hear more about that if you're into it. Oh, I would absolutely love to do a part two. What I love about Yay. podcasts, but also hate at the same time is how fast they go because I feel like you just got my introduction and like now I have to say bye. There's so much I know. more. For part one, is there anything you want to share before we wrap up? Anything that listeners need to hear from you that's on your mind, on your heart? on my heart and on my mind um let me just get kind of still and allow some thoughts to come through okay so what i'd like to share for anybody listening to this is that you can do it and you don't have to do it all in one spurt you don't have to do it all today or tomorrow Um, time is just a construct, but whatever it is that you're looking for in your life is totally attainable, whether that's through self-inquiry or asking for help outside of you, just know that the life that you want to build and the things that you would like to create within this life are not impossible. And if you feel like they are, um, just continue to be curious about it and ask yourself like, is this really impossible? Is the life that I really want actually impossible? Or is this something that I can work through? So that's my little bit. 
That's so beautiful. I was like getting lost in it. Am I the interviewer? Or am I just listening to you talk? That's a true interviewer, Thank you. though. You're yeah, oh, hopefully. Thank you. Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. If you're enjoying this podcast, please subscribe, share with your friends, put it on social media. Don't forget to tag me. If you're on Apple Podcasts or Good Pods, leave a review. Reviews and shares help more people to see the podcast and join in on the fun. If you want to make sure to stay up to date on future episodes, follow me at Consciously Carly on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, or Pinterest, and head to consciouslycarly.com to sign up for the newsletter. Ready for more Conscious Living content? Check out patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and join the exclusive community over there. And finally, if you're ready to take better care of yourself and the world, let's work together. Click the link in the show notes to head to the website, find out more, and schedule a free discovery call with me. Chat soon.